Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran, and I'm thrilled that you're here with me today. And I'm really excited because today I am joined by Christine DeFilippis, and she is a member of my Thrive community. She's been a member for over a year. She's also a studio owner. She owns Pop Fit Studio based just outside of Philadelphia. Um, and she's been a teacher for over 25 years in teaching dance and teaching other teachers. Um, and she's also the founder and host of the Breaking Body Biases podcast. She's the creator of Fit Pro Ed, and she is an all-round amazing fitness and wellness entrepreneur. So welcome, Christine. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. So I'm going to, we're going to dive right on in today and, and I'm not going to talk too much because I want to hear your story a little bit and that's why we're here. And I want to know a little bit about how you got started and a little bit about what you're working on today, because I know that you've got, you know, a lot of different projects that you're working on. Um, and so I would love to hear a little bit about what e each of those businesses look like, because you, I feel like you have kind of three businesses under sitting underneath you right now. Um, and then we can take it from there. Sure. So I started in dance as a young dancer, a competitive dancer, and I went to um, a gym at the urging of other dancers in my on my competition team because it was a great way to lean out for being for being a dancer. And I was short and I did not have what was often referred to as a dancer's body. So I, of course, ran myself to the gym and they offered me a job. Um, they actually even asked me, you're a dancer, you should teach tomorrow. We'll just watch this class and teach it. And being that I was 16 and thought, okay, I don't know any different. And it was a long time ago as well. And there was only one format at the time, high-low aerobics. And uh, so I did just that. I taught my first aerobics class without ever taking an aerobics class. And that's kind of how I got into fitness um, as a way to lose weight as a young dancer. And it really fed uh, an eating disorder. And I it continued to feed an eating disorder throughout like my career. I would go in and out of fitness throughout college and my 20s. When I didn't feel like I looked the part, I would stop teaching because I thought, oh, I don't, I, I'm not qualified. And even though I was qualified to teach it, I feel like I didn't look the part. But when I was looking the part, I was actually quite unhealthy because I had eating disorders and um, again, just very unhealthy. And throughout my life, I've kind of gone in and out of fitness and eventually settled into fitness as a career and worked for different gyms and different brands. But I always um, kind of went back and forth with my eating disorder and exercise disorder. I mean, everything was disordered, what I was doing. And um, I spent a lot of years um, 
weight cycling and just very unhappy and getting praise for when I was, you know, thin, but really actually unhealthy. And then being put down when I was actually doing things that were healthy and creating happiness in my life because I didn't quite look as thin as I did when I was disordered. So I spent a lot of time very unhappy and kind of cycling in and out of fitness and until um, I found programs like Health at Every Size and Intuitive Eating. And, and I think, too, as you get older, I'm not sure if it's just you stop caring about what other people think and you just learn more about things. So between aging yeah. and having a child and yep. that can change things, too. And I think that over the last five, ten years, there's been a big shift in diet culture and a, there's a lot more, you know, dietitians that practice health at every size and intuitive eating. And there's a lot, I don't want to say there's a lot of fitness pros that do it, but I do see a shift happening. And um, it pushed me to open a studio because I was working at gyms and just didn't find a place that I felt safe. I would get uh, critiqued about my look about the way I looked about gaining weight because I didn't fit the image of fitness. And um, it was a struggle. So I felt that opening my own space, I feel like I was, you know, a lot of young girls put together like their dream wedding and they put together this book of their fantasy like cake and and the the dress and the, all the and the the setting where you have your wedding. And I really wasn't into that. I always had like a dream of what my fitness studio would look like. So I always had that vision. So at one point, I think I just finally said, I'm, I've got to get out of these toxic gyms that I was working at and then open my own space and learned more about things like health at every size and intuitive eating and kind of found my place. That's kind of my journey from being heavily invested in diet culture and being, you know, suffering with eating disorders and body dysmorphia and and quite honestly, an exercise disorder because I would work out. As at one point in my life, I was working out so much that I was hospitalized because I just was working out way too much and not fueling my body. So kind of stepping from that scenario into a much more healthier and happier way of being. Right. And now you run PopFit Studio. So when did you open the studio? And then why don't you tell us a little bit about what you teach? Because I think that is all ties into some of what you just told us. You know, you're, you're not, you're, what you're teaching is, I think, relatively unique. Um, so why don't you share us a little, bit about, a little bit about that? I've always been drawn to fun fitness because I spent a lot of time doing things that I thought were would like reshape my body and they were torture. I mean, I would run, I would do everything that other, I would look to other people to say like, okay, this is what helps you lose weight. That was always the goal. Whatever lost was the the quickest way to lose weight was what I would try and I was miserable. So I now I take an approach that's um joyful movement, things that put a smile on my face when I move. Uh, so I grew up in the dance world, and even though that can be a very toxic environment, <laughs> being a young dancer and being very, um, you know, you're judged on your body, on the, on the look of your body, 
uh, I do find that now I really enjoy dance. And so I do a lot of dance and bar and uh, discovered a workout called bungee fitness. And we have that at our studio, which is kind of like a combination of like circus and dance and resistance training. So I always try to find stuff that I enjoy doing. We have classes that maybe aren't my favorite, but they're someone else's favorite. So the studio that I created is about having fun, about joyful movement, about moving your body for reasons other than reshaping your body or losing weight. Because there's so many other things that you benefit from, from moving your body. In fact, when I was at my smallest, I was absolutely at my unhealthiest. So moving to lose weight is is definitely not the healthiest way to go. So we create a lot of fun movement. We have trampolines, so you know, bounce workouts and pound and different anything that just is set to music and is just will create that element of fun and again moving your body for reasons other than weight loss. You can increase your stamina, you know, get your heart rate up, sweats, just so many other benefits to exercise than just weight loss. So that's the kind of environment we created here at Puffa Studio. And then, you know, as you've developed and found these, these movements that you enjoy, right? So like trampoline, like bungee, you know, you do a lot of dance cardio that's super fun, sort of really fun choreography. And you've also developed teacher training programs to teach other people how to teach these movement modalities as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you do that and how you structured that as well? Because I think that it's not um, necessarily quite the same as perhaps how some people might think of a traditional teacher training program. Yeah. So I actually was set to work for a company to do their teacher trainings. And I got, this is kind of ironic now in the, in the place that I am with my fitness is I was um, judged by my body shape and that I didn't look the part of a fitness instructor. And I, I don't, um, I exist in a normal size body. I don't live in like a plus size body or anything like that, but I was not the fitness look. So I kind of was somewhere in the middle where, you know, I just was constantly trying to lose weight and I was doing it in unhealthy ways, like I mentioned with eating disorders. So I kind of hit this point where, I was struggling because I wanted to I'm I wanted to work for these fitness brands but I found myself being judged by the way I looked and I just struggled and I luckily had someone that was in my fitness class that would hear my kind of struggles and she was a branding expert and she just pulled me out of the class like after class one day and say we're going to start a brand for you and this was before, like, I knew anything about healthy at every size. It was, you know, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. And she kind of just walked me through. I might have been, like, her first client as she launched a new brand herself. So it was, like, lucky for me. But she saw, like, my creative side. And she saw, uh, she enjoyed my classes and everything. So I had that kind of, per- that expert in my corner to help me understand branding and that that element. And from there, she said, stop applying for companies that don't see your value. Stop trying to fit into someone else's idea of what fitness looks like and all that. So I was very lucky to have her guide me because I don't know if I would have been 
not even smart enough, but just knowledgeable enough to understand how to start a business, how to be an entrepreneur, um, I'm, I probably would have been very overwhelmed. So she kind of handheld me through that process and helped me launch my brand. And at the time, it wasn't even focused on like healthy at every size. At that point, it was just on um, my dance program. And then a year or two later, we launched my bar program. So she helped me launch a teacher training so I didn't have to go fit into someone else's idea of what fitness looked like. Funny enough, now looking back at it, it was the start of something really big because it's kind of like the whole reason of what I do now and how, why I attract certain people and the mission of our company. So we started out with just the teacher training and we did the, the typical, we go to gyms and we teach you know, 20 instructors how to teach this format. We give them programming. But at one point, I really didn't like all the travel. And I felt like most of the people that I would get at teacher trainings would feel very overwhelmed at the end of the day and feel like, oh my gosh, I I, I only heard half of what you said anyway. And then they go, look, I'm supposed to teach tomorrow. This is too much. So I started to realize that like, I don't want to travel. This is too much crammed into one day. How can we do this online? And I started working with Brendan Bouchard and doing his online trainings, how to be an online educator. And I learned how to teach online because you can't just put your video camera up and film yourself and people are going to sit there for eight hours and listen to you. It's just not going to work. So how to communicate, how to keep people engaged throughout a course. And over the course of a year or two, I moved my programs for from in-person to online. And this was way before COVID. Right. So I was doing it before we all were forced to do it. Yeah. So when when was it that you went online with your teacher training programs? So we went online about six years ago. I've been doing teacher trainings for 10 years. This this summer will mark my 10-year anniversary. And almost about halfway through, we, we moved to exclusively online. We didn't do any in-person. The only thing that I would do was sometimes a master class in case someone wanted to see what the class was, to experience the class. But the entire teacher training was online at the time we started with dance and then added bar. And now we have a trampoline teacher training. And not only would you go through maybe like a, you know, eight to 16 hour, depending on the program, teacher training, and learn the fundamentals, but then you'd get access to choreography libraries that we add to pretty much every week. We add something new to one of the trainings. So you'll always have new content, whether you want to memorize it and teach it, or if you want to just have that be something that gets your juices flowing where you're thinking, I'm, I'm running out of ideas. I need something new. And then you watch it and say, oh yeah, this is great. I'm going to use that idea or use it entirely. So we have a choreography library. We have our teacher training, all self-paced. And for a lot of instructors too, especially when you have babies or when you have injuries, you like to go back and refresh, but you don't want to go through a whole teacher training again. So it's chunked by topic. And there's definitely some instructors that, you know, you're already teaching one format. You just have to learn another and you can go through something more quickly. But if you're brand new, you might need to take a couple times going through one particular module to get comfortable, especially when it comes to teaching 
in front of people. You have to have the knowledge of the the format itself. But then it's tricky when you start putting it into practice and you're like, oh gosh, this is so overwhelming. So just having that having that reference to keep going back to and right. And you can go back to it and you can you know, you'll pick up things that second time around, the third time around that you never pick up the first time. I mean, because you're just like you said, you you are, you know, you, there's only so much you can take in. For sure. So your teacher training is 100% online right now. Um, and you've continued that, obviously, over the last six years, and you're continuing to focus on that. And you have PopFit Studio. And then more recently, in this last six months, you have launched a podcast. And I think probably renewed your focus on healthy at every size inside of your studio and sharing your experience and your knowledge and your um, connections and with other um, fitness professionals that are supportive of this approach and this mindset, right? Um, with the world, you're sharing it all on the Breaking Body Biases podcast. So I know that is a lot of work that you have going on, but tell us, and I, I know how important this work is to you. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like and, and really how you incorporate some of this, what you have learned from the people that you've been talking to. And I know you've interviewed a lot of experts on this topic, but how you incorporate that into your studio and into your teacher trainings, because it's not just that these things are not, you know, you, you're not keeping them all separate from one another. They all feed into each other, right? Exactly. Yeah, they really do work all hand in hand together. So like my teacher training content comes from teaching classes. If I weren't teaching classes all the time in my studio, I wouldn't have the content to say, oh, this works, this doesn't work. So yeah, it all goes hand in hand together. And during COVID, I I don't want to say I had more time because, you know, we work together. Uh, we were all you know, crazy trying to figure out what to do when everybody was shut down and how to keep our studios open. So it wasn't like I had more time. I had less time. Right. But I think something happened when we were all just home. I Maybe I did more teacher trainings and I just did more listening to other podcasts and I got more centered with myself. But I decided to launch this podcast and it was really honestly, an opportunity to learn. I figured, um, I heard on some other podcast, I don't even remember where it was, but someone said they wanted to be able to interview the top people in their field. And you can't just pick up the phone and call someone and then, yeah, I'm going to spend 30 minutes to answer your questions. When you have a podcast, yeah, they're they, if they want the exposure or they just want to be on a show, they'll come and they'll tell you everything that's working for them. So I was so interested and I saw someone else do this. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start this podcast merely for selfish reasons because I want to learn how other people are, you know, promoting health at every size. And because it's such a learning curve, we are so ingrained in diet culture and you, we, I was even talking to someone recently about this, that you look back at yourself a year ago and say, I thought I was really, you know, out of diet culture then when really I was fully immersed in it. So it takes a long time. And every day I'm influenced by diet culture because it's, it's everywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. especially in the fitness industry. And it's really hard to keep moving away from it and not being sucked back in. So the podcast was a way for me to learn from people and 
for people that I really wanted to interview for them to pick up the phone and talk to me. Right. And so it worked. I was getting, I mean, and I was also meeting people that I never even knew before. And it just opened up this world and this community. We have this community now of all these people that have not only been on the show, but those have listened to the show that are supporting this movement and saying, oh my gosh, I I was that same way or I felt I felt that too. And and the struggles and the pain points and but then also the strategies to kind of break through and do better and and help other people as well. So it became like this very selfish thing for me to learn <laughs> publicly. And it's been wonderful because I've met so many amazing people. I've learned a lot. And um, and the messages that I get really inspire me to learn more and to do more in this area and to help more people. So um, it's funny because I was actually talking to one of um, the participants of my marketing intensive program. And, and inside of my marketing intensive, I help studio owners figure out how to talk about what they do in a way that is compelling for their clients to really truly understand and get and understand their value. And so we do a lot of exercises about how to figure that stuff out. I handhold them and take them through it and work together and we bounce ideas off of each other. And um, one of my uh, participants this last month sent me uh, an email and she said, you know, she goes, I'm having a really hard time because I don't want my marketing messaging to be about body size or what your body can do. And I also don't want it to be about the way that my body looks. And I think that for a lot of studio owners, a lot of teachers, especially teachers who, you know, in the Pilates world as well, who are very avid practitioners themselves and enjoy the movement and have the movement in their bodies and know how to do it, know how to make it look fabulous. There's a lot of teachers that feel that way. They don't want to make it about body size and make it how the body looks or how advanced you can get. They want to, they want their clients simply to move their bodies and enjoy. And I think it's a, it's, you know, I don't teach people how to talk about size or getting smaller in the marketing at all. That's not where I encourage people to focus their marketing messaging at all. I, I'm a big believer in the, the, all of those other amazing benefits that we get from movement. But I know that it's a challenge for a lot of people because we know how, you know, we know how ingrained it is in people's, in our culture, right? That, that it is, um, often seen as a quick and easy way to get attention. If we can talk about size and if we can talk about, um, how quickly you can get this way and how quickly you can lose this much. And how do we avoid, how, what, how do you incorporate? I'm just going to ask really is my question. How do you incorporate a healthy conversation and dialogue with your clients in your studio about, um, what you're doing there and the reason why you're all there without talking about weight loss or size, et cetera? It's you you said it, it's just, it's easier. It's, it's, the um, weight loss is so much easier to to talk about and sell. It's so much easier to kind of prey on people's insecurities and vulnerabilities. And listen, we see it, especially as women, everywhere that the worst thing in the world that you could do is gain weight. You know, that's that's messaging is everywhere. And I think it's just easy it's really easy to prey on that. And I mean, I've worked in gym sales, 
like in gym gyms, I have my own studio now, but it's one of the reasons why I even wanted my own studio is because it's just that toxicity of selling weight loss and, and preying on people's insecurities when you ask those sales questions and you get to know someone and it's really a quick turnaround from learning about someone's, oh, I feel so bad because, you know, I have this weight here or I had a baby and now I have this and I, I have to get rid of it. So it's like the worst thing in the world to be is, you know, even slightly overweight. Um, so it's, especially as women to to bounce back and get rid of that weight after a baby or, you know, whatever it may be life changes, aging. So I think that like the industry as a whole will focus on what's easier. It's really easy to sell someone when they come into your gym or studio and they're upset about the way they look and say, yeah, we're going to help you lose weight. And that's easy. They're giving you the credit card right away. It's harder to sell someone um, without that weight loss, you know, pain point. But in the end, you don't know if they're going to lose weight. Like this may be their set weight. This may be, or if you are going to have to go do unhealthy things in order to get, people always say, I want to get to the weight that I was pre-baby. I want to get to the weight when I was 16. Very unrealistic. Or or I want to get to this weight that I've never been in my entire life. People just have these images of, you know, social media or celebrities, and this is what their body goals are. And we do these, we use those things in the, in fitness, um, as sales strategies in order to get them to spend money. And then whether or not they reach their goals in actuality, you don't even care if they reach those goals because then they got to come back again and give you money. So it's constant, you're constantly feeding that client cycle, which is crazy instead of just focusing on the non-aesthetic, which is more challenging it's more challenging to ask more questions, go a little deeper with someone, but you'll have that client more long-term. The clients that we have in our studio that are not weight-focused, there's nothing that pulls them away from their workout each day because they're not doing it because they're trying to lose weight or because they're trying to maintain a weight. There are so many other reasons to move their body. So though if 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 they want to feel good that day they work out they're not thinking oh if i want to look good for summer if i want to you know look good in this outfit so it's actually a much better long term strategy for like retention and growth in your studio but it's not quick you can really get someone i mean i've worked i've worked in gym sales like big box gyms and yeah, yeah you really want to get to that weight pain point right away And then you'll be able to sell them on a year contract. And then you don't care at that point. But it's just not, it's not helpful. It's not, you're not serving your clients in, you know, a a very good way and helping them reach their goals. So even when clients come in and they say, because they've been trained, they've been trained to say, oh, I'm coming in because I got to lose weight. Well, well, why do you think you need to lose weight? So you can go deeper. Like most salespeople will stop. They've already got their big pain point and they are going to sell now. But rather, if you go deeper, you might get them longer and you might connect with them more. And it, it's just a, it, it's just the way it, like we run our studio. And I encourage others to do the same because you'll get that 
the retention rate is so much better. So much better. And, you know, you're the outcome is better for everybody. Yeah. Right. You know, you have a lot more integrity and for us small boutique fitness studios like you have, and like the listeners mostly have is you're looking for long-term loyal clients and you know, a lot of your clients really well, you know, it's a big difference when you've got to look someone in the face and you've got to look them in the eyes and they are expecting something different to what, you know, they're getting, you know, that's, you don't want to be in that position either. So it's really, you know, you want to be really thoughtful about that messaging and, you want to, you know, you want to really be really thoughtful about what you're talking about in your messaging such that it aligns with your goals and your business mission and all of that too. And, and, uh, I think it's really fantastic that you're, you're, um, championing this movement and that you are spreading the word. And I think one of the things that has come out of this for me and having listened to your podcast and worked with you for a while now, almost two years, right? Um, that, you know, it's not just, a one-time thing, right? You don't just address this once. You know, you're the people who are looking to you as their, um, as their, the expert, as their guide is some, they're looking to you to remind them frequently about how to they, how they can feel good about themselves, how they can feel good in their bodies. And you can't just tell them once they are being, everyone's being, like you said, inundated with this, um, culture that is unhealthy. And it's almost as though if you want to offset that, right, you need to be just as active and just as visible and just as present with your messaging. Um, and I think that's really, a you know, for, especially if you want to bring people into your studio who are there for the right reasons, you have to be making sure that you're getting your message out there as well. And so you, know, you mentioned that there are people who, who come in and, and it's sort of like the type of client that you're you have in your studio now are people who are excited to be there just because they want to move, just because they enjoy that class, not because they're on some, um, an unhealthy, uh, they don't have, they don't, they, they're not, they don't have an unhealthy agenda, um, around their workout. They have a healthy, um, way to, that, that they're incorporating it into their world and into their lives. And they are, there, there's no sort of, uh, negative repercussions on their health down the road or their mindset or their mental health. Yeah, we we still get people that come in that, I mean, because listen, we are all bombarded with the media and television and, and imagery that tells us we should be smaller. So we still absolutely get people that come in, especially because COVID and they were locked in their homes with their kids and eating this and indulging on that. And and they still come in and say, oh, I need to lose weight. Well, well why? What? You know, that can't be the only goal because it's it, it's hard to stay motivated with that only goal, especially because sometimes weight loss isn't the outcome of movement and and the whole workout experience. Sometimes your body just shifts and changes. So it's just so funny because, um, yeah, people do still come in and it's almost like we have to do a little mindset training on new people. And I think they look at us like, what like they because i i reaffirm to them like okay you, you we can you know you can you can lose weight like that can be a goal for you but let's dig it a little deeper so it's just an interesting thing that like they it takes the pressure off the person coming in because they come in it's just so funny we have actually had a conversation about this a few weeks ago is that it's like the first thing that comes out of their mouth when they walk in the door like oh i need to lose weight right like, oh, oh okay you you may or you may not like that's not I I don't need 
But people, it's like a defense mechanism. Like, I'm going to tell you right away so you don't tell me. I have to, because they probably, culturally, they're probably told they have to lose weight. Right. Or they, when you, when they come in and they find it, a space where there isn't that pressure, you're giving them permission that they don't have to feel that they have to lose weight, right? And it's a diff- it sets a different tone for your relationship with them going forward and how they're going to show up in your classes and in their sessions with you. So, for sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's dive into some more business um, business conversation. I want, why don't, I've got some questions for you that I, I kind of want to get some quick um insight on. Um, you know, we, our businesses have all evolved over the last year, 18 months, um, quite significantly in some cases. I know you've always had uh, multiple, you've always had multiple different uh, uh, parts to your business, teacher training program, your studio, obviously a little bit of online happening as well. Um, w- tell me, where are you today most focused in your business? What are you focused on right now in your business as we're evolving and growing through 2021? So I really feel like my business is like a triangle, that I have like these three things that they all kind of go hand in hand together. And if I take the break, if I put the break on one, it's it's unbalanced in all the others. So I try to stay focused on these three things. Um, And that is my physical studio, people coming into the studio. And obviously COVID has created big shifts in like what I have to do. The income that's coming in from that obviously has shifted because not a lot of people are coming into the studio. Um, not a lot of people want to do online workouts. And that shift is shifting again now that you know restrictions are easing up and people are getting vaccinated. But so I have the studio space that a physical space that we have clients that come in that want to move their bodies locally. Um, And then we also have our teacher training program that our classes are the testing ground for what I put in the teacher training, what I see teachers, not only in my studio, what they're struggling with and what we need to work on to really connect more and to be just better instructors. I mean, one thing that happened during COVID is everyone had to learn how to teach to camera. And it was a skill set that not everyone had, not everybody needed. So up-leveling all the instructors in our studio with that training, the tech stuff, um, we all became you know, tech gurus in 2020 because oh, of COVID. Yes. Learning Zoom, learning sound, being sound engineers and all that. <laughs> yes. But then also, in addition to those two kind of things, they kind of work together. So like I have the teacher training to help the teachers in the studio, but also people that are just in the teacher training program. But then also it the studio is like the testing ground for what works and what doesn't work. So they kind of work together. And one, I can't really say I'm not going to have the studio without the teacher training. I mean, I did have the teacher training business first, and then I travel around to different studios. And it was a struggle because um, I was teaching to in various different spaces. So now it's just much easier easier having my own studio being the the physical space where we test everything. We film a lot. We film live classes. We film just do filming outside of that as well. And then I added in this year, which kind of makes up my triangle here, is the podcast becomes um, a place where we discuss things, not just for teachers, because a lot of our teacher 
either have been featured on the podcast or they listen because they're trying to shift how they teach. And we are so ingrained with diet culture and um, trying to step away from that and to teach in a, in a better way. But then also we have clients that listen. So we kind of take what we're learning from the podcast and use that in the studio. We use that in our teacher trainings, but then we also get people on the podcast because of those, they all just really work well together. And again, we discuss things that are working and aren't working. We get questions from clients. We get questions from people. You know, because of COVID, we did a lot more online classes. So our client base isn't just local to our studio anymore. Even though we had the teacher training that was online, we weren't really selling any, we weren't filming live classes and selling that. Now we are much like most of the world. So we'll continue to do that. So they all kind of really work together. If I, I really, my goal is to balance all my time as much as I can, because when one piece of that is, say I spend one week and all I do is uh, podcasting stuff. I'm missing out on the information that I need for the podcast for later. And then same with the teacher training or teaching classes. If I stop teaching for a week, then I don't know how to guide teachers on teaching a certain way. And then also our teacher training is much more focused on health at every size than it was in the beginning. We obviously, I look at some of the original modules that we, they're not up anymore, that we had posted. I was, you know, selling weight loss at one point. We everybody was doing that at one yeah. point is yeah. weight loss was was the goal for fitness. So just seeing that shift and um focusing on all three kind of areas and they they really do work all together. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell me what would you say is the number one lesson that you've learned as a business owner because you've been in business now for many 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 years um and you have multiple different businesses. So how, you know, and there's, I know there's lots of lessons in each of those, but if you could kind of distill it down to one thing that you wish you'd known, maybe when you first started out or wish you could have told yourself when you first started out that would have helped or things that you, something that you have learned that you've, you um, could share with some listeners today on your journey, from your journey in business. I think the only thing I wish I knew ahead of time was that COVID was coming. (laughs) Because I might not have opened my studio and had all this overhead. But every other thing that came, it was a lesson. It was um, a learning opportunity. So I feel like everything else, the mis- whether they were my mistakes because I made the wrong choice or made the wrong decision or because I just didn't know. Like you don't know what you don't know and you just make a decision based on what you do know. And then that's a learning opportunity and you grow. I mean, when we opened the studio, we marketed because marketing, I kind of liked. I I enjoyed learning about marketing and I would do marketing. But yeah, we wouldn't sell at all. Somebody would come in the studio and we would just say, yeah, here, bye. And it was, I look back on that and I look and I can kind of be frustrated in how many sales or opportunities I missed in sales because we didn't have a sales process, but it was a learning opportunity. And so I look at that and you can't change anything in the past. So you can only learn. So of course, if I knew everything I know right now, 10 years ago, there are so many things I would have done differently. But 
if I would have waited to learn those things first, I would not have a business. Like people a lot of times say, I need to know everything about everything and then start. No, you learn along the way and you make mistakes. You will definitely make mistakes along the way. Hopefully, most of them won't be costly. We've made a couple costly mistakes and you learn a lot from those. And then you keep moving along and you just hope that you just hope that the costly mistakes are few and far between. And I think when you if you're moving forward and you're looking to you're taking action, right? That's what it's all about. You're taking small steps or sometimes big steps, but you're taking steps forward. You're discovering new things. You're opening new doors of opportunity. You're and you're also discovering where there is places to optimize inside of your business as well. And so you're, there's just a lot more momentum in your business if you are willing to take that first step. So for those people who are, who are waiting to do something, there's never going to be sort of that writing in the sky that's going to say today is the day. You, you have to decide that that is what's going to happen. No one's going to tell you, right? Unless you've got someone like you had in your class who kind of said, Hey, Christine, you need to do this today. And every now and again, we get that, right? If we're very lucky, there's an angel looking down on us who says, you need, there you go. You need to have that little boost or someone, you know, there's someone there that will give you that feedback or help you to perhaps move you take to take that first step. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's within us all to do that. And it's about taking action and moving forward. And I think that's one of the things that having worked with you now inside of thrive and beforehand as well, you know, it's one of those amazing things you do. You're an action taker, like, like most successful studio owners, action takers, you're, you're making things happen. You're learning as you go. You're trying different things, things that work. You do more of, you learn more about things that aren't working. You don't just stop doing them. You figure out why they're not working and how to fix them. And if it's still going to work for your business. And it's, a constant evolution. And like you said, there's balance for you between these three different kind of parts of your business, but they all need each other. And you're never going to stop with that, right? Because if you do, one of those parts is going to fall off the triangle, which is not going to be what you want. So, you know, it's about balancing and having and moving forward and focusing one day on one thing and the next day on the next thing and knowing that you have to, to do that in order for your business to be aligned with what you want the business to be and to help it continue to move forward. So it's, it's been a really, you know, I, I know that this last year has been tremendously challenging for you in so many ways. And I know that you're coming out of it now. And I think that you're going to, you know, I, I know that your studio is only going to thrive because of everything that you've put into it in the last year. Um, and, you know, it's been, you know, I have to say, having worked with you inside of Thrive, that you have been a, such a valuable member of our community. And, you you know, you really do have a, you really are the uh, the the sound expert that you say you are. <laughs> we had a lot of bad lot. classes <laughs> to test that out on to learn. You learn you mistakes, you learn, you grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could keep talking about this, all of this with you for hours and hours and hours. But um, I do want to thank you for joining us today on the Pilates Business Podcast. And I know that so many of you will be interested to learn a bit more about Christine. So you can pop into the show notes and find all of the links there. But her studio is Pop Fit Studio on um, Instagram. She, she is on Instagram as Christine de Philippus. She is also under Fit Pro Ed and she has the Breaking Body Biases podcast. So you can find Christine in all of those places. The podcast I highly recommend if you found our conversation interesting today and if it's piqued your curiosity about how you can um, um, incorporate 
um, they're healthy at every size agenda inside of your own studio um, and with your own clients, then I really do recommend listening into that podcast. You will learn a ton um, about that. But thank you, Christine, so much. I really appreciate you joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me and also for all your guidance through Thrive. It's really helped our studio not only um, thrive before COVID, but oh my gosh, through COVID, I don't know what we would have done without your guidance and the community to help. It's a wonderful community. Yeah. Oh, it's such a fantastic group. It really is. I really enjoy. So it's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Ooh.